Hello, and thank you for listening to this, the very first episode of the Generation Zenial podcast. My name's Keith, and I am one of the two hosts of this brand new podcast, and the other guy is Vinny. Uh, we went to college together, and we've kept in touch over the years, of course, on Facebook and things like that, and I just had this idea of doing a new podcast, and I talked to him about it, and he thought it was a great idea, so we, we came up with some ideas, and we just recorded it, sat down, recorded an interview, we recorded a whole show without even like thinking about what topics we we're going to talk about. And was, the conversation just did not stop. For We talked for an hour plus, and we did not stop talking. We covered politics, the debates, the election. Uh, we talked about social justice issues. We talked about wrestling. Uh, we kind of went all over the place. We talked about some college things that we used to do. Uh, and that's that's kind of what this podcast is about. It's it's our zenial approach. We were both zenial kids, you know, the cusp of the end of Gen X, but before millennials, that's us. We are the Zennials. Please enjoy listening to this, the pilot episode of Gen Zen. recording i can obviously edit all this out afterwards uh yeah well yeah i mean first of all how you doing man i'm not too bad <laughs> just trying to fix this camera um yeah i'm not too bad you know it's it's like a very long vacation yeah i'm not gonna complain too much but it's just frustrating at least you know i'm not too worried about like i got a house <laughs> right Right, at least you got a place to uh, live. Right, it's you know, there's no mortgage on this place, so. Oh, that's nice. I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get thrown out of here anytime soon. That's. Um, unemployment's not terrible, and I'm not doing anything, so I'm not spending money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to go anywhere, so. Right, I mean, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we just started going back out to dinner, like maybe, like, I think we've been out to dinner maybe like half a dozen times since like March. It feels right. Like. I mean, well, you know, you got. Eh, this is one of those things at this time, like I, I keep saying, if you don't have kids, it's a little easier just because you don't have to worry about some extra things. Like you're adults, you can like wear a mask and go places and not have to worry about touching random. Oh things. yeah. No, if I had like a little kid, forget that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like we got, we got two little kids. I have no interest in going out to eat anywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't blame me. No. Like we'll go to Home Depot with them and, and come home, but that's it. You know, I, I'm not. And we do order out, but I'll, I'll go pick it up and bring it home. I mean, that's just the best thing. Like, thank God for Uber Eats and DoorDash. Oh, and it's amazing. Oh, the first, yeah, like the first month or so, I was like, we're just ordering it. I'm not even going anywhere. I'm like, forget that. Let's bring it here. It's great, too, because you don't have to talk to – like, that's one of my biggest things with ordering. I hated, like, calling people and ordering because it's hard to hear people. They're in a restaurant usually. They're like – they get your order wrong. Uh, yeah, go on the pizza place. Like, call on the pizza places all the time. It's always a hassle. This, nope, that's on the app. Bam. Or Chinese, you know, you're ordering Chinese. And like, no, no, I, I didn't say wonton. I said. Uh, yeah, and they can't understand you. And you can't understand them. Number yeah. number 43. <laughs> I just want number 43. But yeah, just going on the app and be like, this is what I want. Bam, bam, bam. Send it to me. Great. I mean, I mean okay. every place that we order from around here, they've all been adopted to some different app so it's like i have five different food ordering apps at this point well yeah that's the problem too is like you got to search for the one like uber eats is, is good if you just want like fast food and like the, the franchises right 
But if you want, yeah, if you want like your local restaurants, you got to find like DoorDash or Postmates. Like there's a deli around. There's a deli around the corner that's on toast. And then. Oh yeah, I don't even have that one. There's a there's another one. My phone's right here. Let's see what do I got. I got, I got Menufi, because there's two restaurants we eat from that are on there, and if I have four more meals, I get a free meal from one of them. That's yeah, Prime Sixteen. It's a. They have two locations. The first one was in New Haven. It's basically a. Um, it's a. It's not a. They have a lot of microbrews on tap. Like that was their that was their niche thing when they started. It's like we're like a burger bar that has 50 different microbrews. So they only buy the five gallon kegs. Yeah. And like, and as soon as one kicks, they, it's a different one in stock. They don't like have another one of the same beer. You'll see them actually erase it off the board and put a different one up. Yeah, we got, we got a bar like that called the yeah. anchor. I don't think they have 50 tasks, but they got like maybe like 20. Yeah. I mean, it's, and they, I, they rotate through all the time. That's why I find like a lot of my new favorite beers. I could be exaggerating about the 50. I don't really know, but well, still, I mean a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, the point is you can't go in there and say, can I get a Bud Light? Cause they don't have that. Right. Oh, this well, you know, they'll have PBR because PBR is the hipster. Well, you the know, hipster beer. the tall boys of PBR, I think for like three or four bucks they have or high life. That's their cheap beer. Get the high life. Got to have my high life. High life was our thing back at right after college. My friends and I were like high life was the beer of choice. Well, like I, don't know, party. I don't know if you remember, Light, Lightning worked for, for Miller over yes. the summer. Oh, God, yes. So he'd get all the damaged cans for like, all like the Miller lights. or a dime or something. So we'd throw him like 20 bucks a piece, and he'd just come back with like garbage bags full of like the worst, like the like, like I think MGD was like the best thing you can find. Oh, my God. It was like that Olympia beer. Oh, thinking back about, oh, college is like. I well, I used to just drink the the Bud Ice because it had more alcohol in it, so I figured you're getting more more for your money. <laughs> it was like MGD. Oh, I, I think we had a cast party where it was like Natty Ice, a keg of Natty Ice once. Keg of Natty like, Ice. That's yeah. Oh my god! It was like it was it was literally water. Like you had to drink an entire pitcher <laughs> before oh, yeah. you felt anything. Which is yeah, great. That, beer pong, I guess, and it's falling on the floor. Well, that's the thing. Like you know, we're playing all those drinking games and stuff. Like I like. Microbrews didn't exist because we'd be trying to make it like nine percent beer playing beer pong, or, le- or at least we didn't know about them. We, we we didn't have the refined taste of like you know what, this is shit. Let's well, find didn't something. Have, like think about back then, like just think about the boom and like microbrews. Oh, yeah. just because like the laws opened up in like the past what fifteen years. Yeah, I, I mean like back then, like the micro Sam Adams was a microbrew. Sam, yeah, Sam Adams <laughs> was like microbrew. I think now, they still technically are. I think they kept the classification that's like microbrewery. Well, because they're small enough, but they yeah. Like, but still, but they're like, like they're they're a national brand, basically. Like it was like them and Sierra Nevada <laughs> were like considered micro. It was like when you looked at the the restaurant list, it was like, hey, let's what, what's the beer choices? Well, here's the domestics and then imports. How is Sam Adams a fucking import? Right. <laughs> they're in Boston from, from Boston. Yeah. Um, well, you know, down here in New York, it's an import. <laughs> yeah, I like I don't know about your town, but I think we have like at least three that I know of breweries like in our city. We like microbreweries. We just, uh, we have two in my town. And then, so we have SBC, which is Southern Brewing Company. Um, They have a location in Milford. And then there's a a dockside just opened up. They're a microbrew Um, across the river is two roads. Yeah, so I've I'm, had some of their beers. Yeah, so I'm like three exits away from two roads. 
Um, and then you go the other direction, I'm three exits away from, um, I can't think of the name of it. My friend got married there too. Um, <laughs> oh, I forget the name of it now. That's going to kill me. I'll think of it in like 40 minutes and be like, oh, by the way, Stony Creek. It was Stony Creek. That's it. Stony Creek is right down the road too. So, you know, I'm, like there's at least five or four, four, six, whatever breweries right in the area. Yeah, our, our famous one is, is Keegan's. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Keegan Alice. They make a couple pretty good beers. Um, we, the, the last time I did a brewery tour, oh, my God. <laughs> we, we, in our later years, instead of having to, the traditional bachelor party for my guys, it was like we started just going away for the weekend to towns that had breweries. Yeah, that's always a good idea. And just crawl around. Actually, um, almost a while ago now. Because obviously it was before Corona, I think it was last fall. Um, lightning, actually it was last summer, because we just got back from from England. And uh, yeah, Lightning and Adam met me down in um, you know Beacon, New York. Yeah. In Newburgh. Okay, it's yeah. Across yeah. the river from Newburgh. Yep. Um, and like there's there was a couple of breweries there. Actually, we started in Newburgh, um, and then went across the bridge and like kind of walked down the street and. There's a couple of breweries and at the end was like a pretty big one. That was a good time. I think the last one we went, we did, uh, we went to Portsmouth. Like we, we stayed at the hotel right outside the Red Hook Brewery. Oh wow. <laughs> there was like, a, there's a Marriott and then there's like a little grass hill and then there's the Red Hook Brewery. I'd say John Uber. <laughs> so it was like night one, let's just go there. Night two. All right. Well, we're going to go in town and then we're going to come back here later. And it's right there. Yeah, like no one, no one's driving now, because that's just stupid. That's great, isn't that great too? Like Uber. Oh my God, you know what I did? <laughs> Speaking of Uber, this is like the, the, gonna be the most random, disjointed conversation ever. It's fine. Yeah, it's gonna be very edited. Very. Oh no, I'm not. I, I trust your editing skills. I'm not editing crap. Oh, no. I'm just <laughs> editing it. Like, hold on, I, I forgot. I, I have one very important question to ask you. Okay. Will you now denounce white supremacy? I condemn white supremacy without conditions excellent thank you okay it's a very easy it's a very easy thing to say and that's the thing too i thought you know i thought we were going to be talking about the, the, the debate and then what, 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 what happened what happens today oh my god it's like i was thinking about that i was like oh Trump, we could talk about the Trump debate corona. Like, it's the thing with the news cycle it just moves so fast like i don't know how people you can't you gotta, you gotta do some. you gotta say something every day because well yeah um, everything moves just so damn fast like that's and and, and it's so funny too because everyone's like this is a, this is a distraction now. <laughs> like, you should, like you got coronavirus on purpose, or yeah, he's right. lying about it. People are like, even some of his supporters are like, I'm not sure about this. He might be just trolling people. Like, yeah, I was reading that this morning. Like, oh, I don't actually believe he has coronavirus. It's like we got to believe something, you know. It's it. I, I get annoyed at. This is what bothers me about social media. It's like, well, what bothers me about the sowing discontent of the mainstream media for the past four years then you see on social media, people just don't believe anything anymore. It's good to question, but there's also a point where you just have to believe like when, when 10 news sites are reporting the same fact. Yeah. Like at some point you just be it's like, okay, a, this is probably true. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not a conspiracy, but people just, I don't know if they can't accept it or they don't want to, they, just, they don't want to, or it's just, it's just, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, he hasn't done a very, helpful job be just being like everyone everything i don't like is fake news because that does you know create an environment where you're like i don't have to believe anything i can just believe whatever i want to believe and 
the the great thing about the internet is that it has all the information on the world. The bad thing about the internet is not all that information is the correct information. <laughs> so you can always you can always find someone to to believe what you believe, to affirm your beliefs, to 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 just basically throw anything that would like confirm your worldview. Right. And I think that happens on both sides to a certain extent. Right. But that's, that's confirmation bias. Right. It, that is, and that's what it's like. Facebook is great for that because you can always find, you'll always find, you can put the craziest thing out there and you'll have somebody be like, yeah, you're, that's 100% correct. You're, you're a genius. And you'll be like, well, yeah. And I, and I can see like, and of course you can, because you can have private Facebook groups. So I'm in, a, I'm in a private Facebook group that talks about the president. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, it's private. Obviously, we're all aligned the same ideas. So I and I, but I know I'm going into it knowing this is a group where we're just talking about it, and it's a safe space for us to like have our comments without criticism from the other side. Um, but then uh, there's the other part of it where I and I know people um, in extended family where it's just like, you know, the, based on the news sites that they follow and everything, they keep seeing the same type of message constantly they don't realize that they're being it's being happening you know they're only seeing news sources from this one side and they're always getting the feed and the bias of the reporting from this one side and they never hear what the other side and anytime someone tries to bring it up they just kind of shoot them down or say it's fake news or, or whatever it is and it's it's not helpful at all for discussion no that's the thing no one believes <laughs> no one believes the other side like like you said you can have it reported by cnn msnbc the New York Times, you know, and the, the mainstream media, <laughs> and was somehow somehow, Fox, somehow, somehow Fox News, which is the most watched <laughs> news network, isn't mainstream somehow. They're fringe. Also, not though, a news network. I mean, it's all it's not technically classified as a news network. It's it, I believe that. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's classified news. as a um, entertainment there because if you look at their rundown. Um, and this is a, there was a documentary done back in, oh, this is early 2000s called Outfoxed. And I heard about that one. Yeah. And we, so we actually, back at the time at school, we, we hosted a viewing party for it in a theater. So we got an early copy of it and we were able to do, oh. a, um, you know, view a, have like a couple hundred people in the, in the theater, watch it together. And then there was like an online discussion across America afterwards, whatever. But they, they were talking about how if you look at the rundown of the shows on Fox News and read the descriptions, I think over 80% of the shows are just entertainment shows. So like things like Fox and Friends are an entertainment show. They're like The View. They're just right, they don't talking about stuff. An actual news channel. Well, right. I, I mean, <clears throat> I just saw, and I didn't really look into it too much because why bother, but about uh, there's a lawsuit about Tucker Carlson. Apparently, his, his, I don't know, his producers or, or, or basically his lawyer's argument was people don't expect him to actually report the news. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the most watched, like, people think he's a journalist. People, you know, he's kind of presents himself as a, as right. a journalist. And he, and he has the, he's the highest rated show on, on what you consider, like, as a, now, now we can't call Fox News a news program, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> but... Right. And it's like, you watch him and I'm like, and I, I my, oh it's so wife, hard to get through. It's hard. My, it's like Hannity was bad. Hannity was getting really bad for there for oh, a while, so but now compared to Tucker Carlson, like Hannity's like just a, just like a little puppy dog over there. Like we'll, we'll do it. We'll like after a debate or something, my wife's like, let's just turn on Fox news. 
just to see what they're saying. It's fun. Like, we want to see what the other side. We want to see what there's because and and my wife's a person like, you know, she would never consider herself political, but she definitely has cares and has passions about things, and we will like you know, and, and her her view is like I want to I want to really know that I'm on the right side and I want to go and see what the other side is saying. Cause you don't want, you know, again, she wants to make sure she's not doing confirmation bias. Right. And, so. and that's, and that's, and that's great. And I mean, it's, 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 enter- it is entertaining. I mean, obviously <laughs> like people, like we're not going to agree with anything they say, but it is entertaining to see the way they say it. And it's almost impressive the way they're able to message. It impresses oh, me that they're able to just sit there and just fear monger and people eat it up. It's just, it's, 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 it's fear mongering. It's, it's repetition. Cause you know, they'll, they'll do the thing. This is, again, this goes back to that Fox documentary. They, they have a technique where they do, you know, people are saying, they never cite a source. They just, in oh, every yeah. show, they'll say, people are saying people, then by the time you get to news, yeah, a lot of people are saying today, this is like, yeah, you just said that all day. That's what, that's the people that are saying it. it's you. Well, it's a great, it's a great d- debate tactic, right? That's, that's yeah. the thing. That's, that's how Trump talks. Trump says things like a lot of people are saying this, you know, a lot of smart people, a lot of smart people have told me like the smartest the people, like with the masks in the debate when he said, um, you know, when Joe was, Joe Biden was like, um, you know, people, people say to wear masks and, and, and you're like, no. And he's like, well, a lot of people too say don't wear masks. And it's like, no, no. And here's, and here's where, and here's where it gets tricky because this is what conservatives are very good at nitpicking. Oh yes. Very good at finding things that, and nitpicking. And at the beginning of the, of the outbreak, Dr. Fauci did come out and he said, you know, masks, we, we, we don't need to wear masks yet. And I didn't need to say yet, but we didn't, we didn't need to wear masks at the beginning. And the reason for that was there was a lot of fear that there wasn't going to be enough PPE for hospitals and healthcare providers if right. the public just started gobbling these things up. And he came out and said that. So if you, now if you go back and look at a video from Mike March or maybe even February. Oh, I've seen it many you, times because right, conservative find, people have reposted that. You can find times. him saying it. And that was six, seven months ago. His position has changed. <laughs> it but, changed very rapidly too. Oh, yeah. No, and because it was, he, I mean, the CDC director, everyone saw that clip of the CDC director saying masks are the most important thing you can do right now. But there's still people out there like masks are dumb. And it's like this you have no evidence other than you think master dumb. I saw I saw a post, and, and this is great because Facebook just just opens up your world to like everyone's everyone's thoughts. It was actually today about you know uh, someone posted something about like what what's what's the dumbest thing that the coronavirus has caused, and someone said mask wearing, and you know there's a little debate in there. But then someone posted a YouTube video of a supposed doctor wearing a mask and blowing out vape, and the vape came out of the mask, and that somehow proves that masks are ineffective. <laughs> right oh my god and this is and this is what i say too because um co- college i i never want to say anyone's like not educated because they didn't go to college because that's obviously not true there's plenty of educated people who didn't go to college and there's plenty of non-educated people with a formal education i think we all know that yes but what educate what formal education t- helps to do is peer-reviewed studies basically mm. you know it, it, it lets you like look at information and decide if it's if it's if it's faith faithful or not right if it's if it's in good faith information right. um i think that's 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 a big part of a college and that's i think why a lot of college educated people 
tend to lead more liberal than, than conservatives. I think there's, that's obviously not any evidence for that. That's just the theory, but you know, where, you know where I'm coming from. I, I do know. Well, obviously we went to the same school, so I, I do know where you're coming from. <laughs> went to a liberal arts college for God's sake. Liberal arts, liberal arts college. <laughs> it's in the title. It's, yeah. But even that, you know what? It, it's, it's interesting. I actually, the, the school newspaper had an article last week and the article referenced that there was actually more conservatives on campus. And I was, I was. Well, it is, it is, it is a Catholic college. I mean, right. I don't know if you, I got that vibe even when we were in college. Well, was, well it is a Catholic college. Yeah, it is, but it, it's also a very much um, post Vatican II Catholic college, meaning even though it's a, it's a Catholic college, it's more of a liberal Catholic college. Oh yeah. No, I, I get, I get that. I mean, especially, especially when it comes to like social issues. Yeah. I mean, um, our, our, our former president, um, I, I, I just know from private conversations with him and other people that he was, he was more left-leaning definitely. Um, okay. you know, exactly. We have, we have an LGBTQ plus whatever club on campus yeah. and at one point, one of the priests on campus was the advisor for the club. You had a Catholic priest yeah. advising the LGBTQ club. Which, so, which, which the Catholic church really should kind of promote more. Right. If they, if they, if they, if they don't want to lose, you know, just go extinct right. because that's, that's where they're going. Cause it's either, it's either that or like evangelicalism and that's just, it's turning a lot of people off yeah. for obvious, obvious reasons. Exactly. I mean, and we have, I, there's a, I'm trying not to name names cause I don't know if anyone wants to be named yet, but I think we have another, you know, there's another faculty that I've known for years. Um, he does a lot of writing about um, the liberal Catholic, you know, about being a liberal and a Catholic in today's society and how this is where the Catholicism should be moving. So right. you're right. If from, from the, yeah, we are a Catholic university and I can see how there'd be a lot of conservatives. It's also, you know, I'll say, so I kind of view it as when, when we were there, it was maybe a little different. I think it might've been a little bit more liberal when we were there just because of it cost you know, $25,000 less back then to go there. Yeah. I think that's kind of keeping up with everybody. I don't I mean, I, yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I, I, it feels like it's kind of like, that does kind of like keeping up with all the other colleges. It's an arms race, but I mean, it's when it's $48,000 to go to a private university, yeah. who, what population do you think is mostly going there? That's not on scholarship. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, it's, it's people that have the money that are more affluent who tend to have families that lean conservative because that's, where they're from and that's how, you know, the circles they're in and the other end of it, the people that lean more liberal tend to be there on scholarship, athletic scholarship, um, cause they okay. come from different circumstances. Um, I mean, I, I, I just, I do remember a lot of, um, kids coming from a private, private high school. Yeah. As opposed to public high school. I think, you know, I was one of the, I was I felt like one of the few public high school kids in the, Go public high school, class, right? I went to all public school. I didn't. Yeah, no, I think I, I, I knew that, but yeah. um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we're, we're the... it's it's because you know it does cost a lot of money to go to to go to a private for any private college really anymore. Like, oh, it, it, I mean, college in general is just crazy. I mean, the the student debt that we're in for my wife's grad school is just crazy. Shoot, I'm still paying off Sacred Heart. <laughs> oh well, she went there for seven years. Yeah, that'll so. do. It. And when you, when you go through the physical therapy grad school, it's a full-time program. So you can't have like a part-time job. Well, no, I mean, she did, I mean, but it's not going to be enough to pay for anything. So she really financed 
um, not only schooling, but also living through her student loans for three right. years. And she's also a healthcare provider. So you're really, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to make that money back. Like, like I mean, she makes, more, like, she makes like, more than I do. But, well, yeah, well, but still, you know, it's, not, <laughs> it's not like she's making six figure salary and it's easily paid off. And that, and that's the thing because, you know, I'm an athletic trainer, so, you know, it's, it's similar, but we, we, we kind of run into the same, same roadblocks where right. they're, they, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, went, went to a doctorate um, from a master's and, you know, you, you go, you go to school for seven years and you get your doctorate and you get out of school, hoping to make like what, 60, 70,000 to start. Like, I don't yeah. know, I think these are starting out right now, but it's probably around there. And that was the same thing with me. I got, a, I got out of the sacred heart and yeah, back then it was only like what, what $28,000 a year. But I think my first job as an athletic trainer paid 24000 24, a year for <laughs> yeah, 10 my, months. My first job paid $25,000 a year. Yeah. That was like working at the radio station at school. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for working in education. Hey, well, and especially, yeah, I was working for a nonprofit, you know, NPR affiliate. Oh, you worked at uh, WSHU? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you remember, I, so for we, we, two we, years we get them we, we can we can kind of get wshu some sometimes and yeah if you go down a little south if you just do this a little bit with your antennas yeah that actually Poughkeepsie picks it up pretty well no for for two years as undergrad i worked there part-time um so i was working as a as an audio engineer you know editing stuff and then um the station manager george who just retired or just announced his retirement is retiring. I forget where he is in the face, but he offered me a job right out of the gate after graduation. But at the time I was like, I was also applying to ESPN. So I was like, thank you. Hold on. Cause I'm also applying to ESPN at the same, you know, like I'm like, he's understood. But then like the ESPN thing just didn't work out because they had a hiring freeze. Like, right. I didn't get ESPN because ABC said we're hiring freezing. Cause, everybody. cause ABC was running out of money. So, <laughs> yeah. In 2002. And, and, and now they're hiring. It's crazy. I just, I was, talking to his uh, former student last week because he wanted some advice for interviewing because he's applying to ESPN. He has a in-person, well, not in-person, <laughs> in Zoom interview coming yeah. up. So it, it's, yeah, they're, they're actually doing well in, in regards. But anyways, as I was saying, like, you know, for my first, you know, working for a public radio station definitely does not pay a lot of money when you're starting out. Um, but yeah, you know, coming out from PT school, you come out with a doctorate and depending on where you get a job, you're going to make anywhere between 60 and $80,000 coming out, yeah. which I know for everyone, if, if everyone doesn't know that, you know, it sounds like a lot, but when you're over a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debts, it's not a lot. Then you want to, and you want to buy a house and you, yeah. you know. I mean, we've been very fortunate and what we're doing, cause she works for a nonprofit hospital. We're on the, the student loan forgiveness plan. So you, know, you, you do income-based repayments for 10 years and then theoretically, as long as everything the boss doesn't destroy everything, um, the rest of it would be forgiven. Right. Theoretically yeah. speaking, um, even even still, I think twenty five years is the maximum amount of years you can pay back a federal loan, anyways, and it's wiped out. I think is what it is. So we're halfway to that. That's just got to play the long game. As long as we can pay our bills and eat, I'm happy, you know? Well, that's, you know, that's kind of why I'm a leftist, you know, as long as, <laughs> as, long as anyone can, has, has shelter and, and, and food and healthcare, then, you know, everything else is kind of gravy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we got in, you know, we, 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 we bought a new house last year. 
because we outgrew our starter home. I mean, realistically, we bought a starter home. It was 1,200, no, not even, it was 1,100 square feet. It was a little cape. And once we had a second child, I'm like, the, the, it was tiny. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> and, the space gets taken up quick, I'm sure. And so we, we, we were fortunate to find a nice house, um, good price on it, and all that stuff. And it's, sometimes it's a little bigger than we need, but it's, it's, it's good size. Because we also like to host family. Well, when you can host family gatherings, <laughs> we like to have people over and host things. And like, you know, because her family's from New York, my family's from Central Connecticut. So it's like we're in the middle of everything and so we can have everyone there. over. Yeah, everyone can come here. Have a nice yard. That's that's always good. Oh, we have yes. Have a nice it's, a little, it's a little slanty, but it's okay. Yeah, it's, as long as you have a nice big space back there. That's, oh, definitely. We can we can, we get the wiffle ball out. That's always helpful. And and you know, well, it's it's a nice dead end street, so it's I'm like living the suburban dream now. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Gen Zen. We'll be right back after this. This Antifa thing. Let's talk about Antifa because oh man, that's one of my favorite. Because because I'm Antifa. I don't, I, don't know, I hope everyone's well, everyone should be Antifa. Fascist. Yeah, I'm like that. That's that's. I hate when organization. Well, not even organizations. I hate when ideologies adopt a name that is actually a good name, but do bad things with it. But it's like Antifa is not even an organization, right? It's a, it's an ideology. It's an, it, exactly. And I don't even think people go around saying I, uh, we're the Antifa group, right? <laughs> like, right. There, there's no membership card. I'm not paying membership dues to the NRA or anything. <laughs> you know, the Proud Boys actually have patches. That's a, that's an organization. They have to get like tattoos and they have like initiations. and No, if, if you, yeah, you're right. If you break it down, Antifa just means anti-fascist. I don't believe in fascists. I don't believe in Mussolini. I don't believe in fascist dictators. I also don't believe in violence. I don't want, I'm not going to go around smashing your car window just because I don't agree with you. No, I don't. You know? I, I, this thing, you can't really go out and like condone violence. I, I, can, I can sympathize with violence. I can understand the violence. Well, I, I can understand if you're, you know, part of a culture that was enslaved and then mistreated your entire time in this country that maybe one day you want to fight back it's a i get that yeah i mean it's 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 a response (laughs) and and you know it's 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 a utility right it's there's there's utility to it it's it's a it's a it's a it's a fighting back it's a it's a way to it's a way to say recognize me or or this is going to happen and well i just I just love all the critics is like, oh, well, why do they have to be so violent? Like, well, because when he kneeled on the sidelines, you didn't want to listen because that was too much. When they raised their fist in the air and wore a t-shirt, that was too much. You know, it's like basically anything is too much when you don't care about the argument. Well, yeah. So eventually violence is, and, and I bring this point up to my wife. It's like at no time that I know of, and I'm not a historian, but I do like history. I can't think of a time in history where a serious revolution and change of ideas has happened without violence. No, I mean, can it happen democratically? Yeah, but no, there's always some kind of catalyst. There's always some kind of, um, you know, revolution. Yeah, you know, we talk about the Russian revolution, the French revolution, the American revolution, the American revolution (laughs) was not exactly peaceful, you know? 
the the things the, the, oh, this is oh, this is what always kills me is like the we 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 idolize our founding fathers. You know, these people wrote these things and they fought for our nation and all this. And like, they took property that they didn't own and dumped it into the harbor. They destroyed private property. They, they did a lot of bad things. <laughs> they, they hid weapons and then fought and killed people. Now, you know, again, right or wrong, I don't know. I wasn't there. I've watched a lot of things and read a lot of things about it. Um, I think the way we talk about it in school glorifies it a little bit more than it should be. You know, growing up, you learn about the American Revolution in, in elementary school, and it sounds like, you know, they just, whisk, you know, walking down the street with a little fife and drum and Yankee Doodle Dandy, and everything was great. And like George Washington was a hero. You know, we don't think about. You know, they don't really go in the details about how they went to West Point and they took the cannons and they dragged them over here and they, you know, you know, they, they, again, they destroy, they literally, it's destroying property. It's like, okay, they're, they're well, yeah, fighting for their freedom, that's, but. You know, that's what the bootlick, that's what the bootlickers now would be, would be saying. They wouldn't realize they wouldn't be American patriots. They'd be, they'd be, they'd be fighting for King George saying, it's the law. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like. Well, it's funny because, you know. Law I, and order, know, law and one, order. One of my friends from, from Italy laughs all the time because he's like you guys were just a colony like that's what was supposed to happen to you guys i don't why why were you guys so upset like you're a con you were a colony you were supposed to you were supposed to just get taxed and and, and you know imperialism is that's what was going on but you know why did you guys get to fight back about it and everybody else is like oh no we're, we're, we're just going to be an imperialist nation i always um, wonder what would have happened if like instead of fighting back like that they actually just um you know, diplomacy won out and they they came to better terms between the colony and Britain and the king. Like, what would have happened? Like, if, if that never, happened... Never, never would have happened. <laughs> I know, but I, I love thought experiments. Like, what, imagine yeah, no, if we didn't have an American here's, here's, revolution. Here's where the thought experiment goes south is because it's it, it, it all comes down to, to wealth and money. And when, so when it starts well, down to wealth and money, then that's 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 why capitalism has, has been victorious over over leftist ideology for for hundreds of years because every time um you know any kind of socialist or leftist policies pop up capitalism does a very good job of just squashing it it's, it kills me it's like we um what what was i listening to i think it was um i listen to freakonomics all the time and they had a whole series or they had an episode talking about different kind of economic systems for countries and you know, talking about like you know each country needs to have you know the you can't need to have the same economic system in every country like a you know a completely socialist one works in some places a completely capitalist one works in other but nothing nothing complete it always has to be a combination so um most of the economists were saying what america really needs is a, a combination of both capitalist and socialist you know you need to have like 40 percent capitalist 60 percent socialist because, it also depends on what you define socialism is. Because well, this, when I say country, socialist, so, socialism is, is right. Socialism is government does stuff. Right. When I when <laughs> I say when I say socialism, I mean social security, Medicare, right. healthcare, roads, education. To me, that's social. Right. To me, socialism. You know, the idea of a social society, a social safety net, is that we collectively pay into a big bowl. And that bowl provides for the basic needs of all its citizens. 
It pays it's, for the basic education. It pays for the basic health care. It pays for the basic right to be a citizen. It pays for our roads and our snow removal and our garbage. You know, that's all socialism. That's what we're calling democratic socialism nowadays, right? Right. Um, you know, the to me, that's Sanders what socialism. The AOC platform is, you know, ta- you know ta- tax the rich to the point where we can actually afford to take care of our citizenry. Which is fine. You mean go back to the tax codes of the 1950s where we taxed corporations 90% or 80%? Yeah. And, I mean, and definitely the, the, you know, the, top, the top percent of earners should. And, we, know, build, and, we, and with that tax, that tax, we built the highway. We built the infrastructure that, that, that then allowed all the capitalists to get rich again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the problem is starting with, uh, I think it was starting with Nixon. They started chipping away at all those taxes and lowering and lowering and lowering. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Reagan, you know, Reagan, Reagan came Reagan in. Just, just, Reagan, just, came, Reagan, Reagan wiped him up so, out so much that he actually, had, he, Reagan had to raise taxes on himself at one point because he was like, I went too far. <laughs> Maybe I went a little too far. Too far? I mean, come on. He destroyed everything we ever gained and then it just went downhill from there. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, just the, you know, income gap from the eighties. And like, I think that graph, if you look at that graph, it just, that's where you really see the explosion in like income inequality because ca- capitalism, you need to, you need to exploit, you need to exploit people in capitalism. Right. And that's, well, that's, that's my biggest issue with capitalism is you need an, you need an exploitation of, of, of resources. Of, of well, labor. That's, that, that's the part of capitalism. I mean, there is a form of capitalism uh, of more socialist applications capitalism i think yeah yeah you can get rid of it you know you look at your scandinavian countries and you know that's like i said that's what we're calling democratic socialism nowadays instead of like exporting every single job to the cheapest buy you know cheapest bidder for labor you know you have unionized workers that work in the factories that make the stuff yeah the stuff at walmart might cost a little bit more um and it's going to and that's what people always say like oh bring the jobs back i'm like i don't disagree with you bringing jobs back but one you're not going to be, I'm like, I always say, you're not going to be ready for the price increase of all your basic necessities. Unless you're, unless you're making more money. Right. It, it, you know, that, that TV in the shelf that you bought for $200 at Walmart is not going to be $200 anymore. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's going to cost more to make. It, it's going to cost a lot more to make and it's, and, and it's just, everything's going to cost more. But I mean, yeah, you're but right. Theoretically, you, sh- you should also have, you should also have more money. Right. Theoretically, <laughs> everyone should be being paid more to make it. That theoretically speaking. Right. Um, but in, in capitalism, so the, the negative side of capitalism, as you said, is the exploitation of the workers, and that's that's the part that is the negative aspect of it. The positive, this this is what I'll say with positive aspects of capitalism is the competition to for innovation. If you don't have an, you know, if you don't have Apple and Microsoft fighting against each other for innovation and market share. You don't have them innovating as fast necessarily. Uh, theoretically, I think that's the I think that's the big that's the that's the good argument for conservatism. I'm not sure how true it actually can be when you can say, "What if we took you know the best minds at Apple and the best minds at Microsoft and and put them together for the greater good?" And they actually had were motivated to just create good products that that help everybody instead right. of making money. You know, we need to get to that mindset, right? Because I mean, in, 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 in the world of capitalism there has to be a winner and a loser, right? So Microsoft and Apple are fighting for a market share. Right. Right. So that's why they're competing and that's why they're trying to innovate. But, you know, if you just, everyone worked together to create the best product for everybody. You're not wrong. Right. Well, you know. It's, but it's a, mind, it's a mindset. 
100 percent it's a mindset it's, and, it's, and this country so ingrained. Does, we do not have it we don't have it in this country it, it's it's a very it's look out for me i gotta get i gotta get mine that's the libertarian mindset will, right there I will, well that's the yeah the end capsule that's a whole nother oh man i <laughs> i tried having a conversation with a libertarian once and god, I, god I, bless you it's not it's it's fun to watch people have conversations with libertarians so he, i try to avoid it he was a person that was in the friend group at one time and like we were on one of those bachelor party weekends i was referring to before i don't know if we were recording already or not i don't remember um but so i'm like we're just, i'm just sitting down talking with him and we're at the bar or whatever. And he's talking about, you know, being libertarian. I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah, but what about the person down the street that needs the help? I'm like, well, then you go help him. I'm like, yeah, but nothing is forcing you to go help him. Like that's what taxes are for. That's what the social safety net is for is to make it so that we automatically are helping. It's not, it's not behoven on you, the individual to go down the street and help the person. That's great that you do. Like if I see my, you know, I see my neighbor struggling with the lawnmower across the street, I'm going to go over and help him because I'm a good person. But if he's, you know, you know, he has a healthcare problem, like how am I supposed to help him? I'm not a professional healthcare person. That's what the social safety net is for. Well, it's also about things like, you know, safety laws and codes and, and you know, oh, yeah. environmentalism, because like, there's a reason there are laws in place, right? If, if everyone just did the right thing all the time and we're, and we're, and we're perfect and we're helpful, I, I think humans for the most part are, but because of, again, it has to do with capitalism, right? Because of that, that need, that need to grow your wealth. People take right. advantage of people. People take advantage of people. People take advantage of the laws. People take advantage of whatever they can. Like you know, you, you, you're right. If you go back, if you what, go down, what's, to, what's just stop your landlord from like every, all the landlords getting together and saying, let's just raise the rent by two hundred percent? Yeah, nothing. They're they're and everyone can't afford it. Just kick them out of the street. There's you know, in the ANCAP libertarian ideology, there'd be nothing to stop that because it's your property. You can <laughs> right. do what you want with it. Exactly. I mean, um, you're right. When you, when you go, when you go down to a basic person on person interaction, people with people are good people on the whole, on the majority, not obviously not every single person, but generally speaking, you put five people in a room, they're going to be nice to each other. Even if they don't know each other. <laughs> well, you hear, well, that's yeah. I mean, you bring, you hear this, you hear this on the, on the, on the, on the, um, on the right where people have, have gone, have gotten red pilled and went to the right and they're just, Oh, I just started talking to these, you know, conservatives, and I realized how nice they were. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're of course like they're not like going to just be overtly mean to random people, right? But that doesn't mean they have the right ideology when it comes to to, to certain groups of people. Right. It, it doesn't mean that their ideas of like changing. That's like that's like the racist saying I have. Right. That's like the racist saying I have a black friend. I Good can't for be you. racist. Yeah. It's like, you no, know, no, you can still be racist. If you, yeah. you, certain, you think, certain, think certain things and you have a black friend, just because you like that black friend doesn't right. mean you still don't think racist things. He's called token for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is South Park pointed that out, what, like 25 years ago? Exactly. <laughs> like, you have a token black friend for a reason. So you, so you can parade him around and say you're not racist. I'm not racist. Uh, I can't be racist. I, I black I friend. Like, I, I like Candace Owens. I can't be racist. I agree with Candace, and that's and that's why that and that's where you see the the disconnect with the with the right when it comes to like racism and, and why you just look at them and you think a lot of these conservatives just don't understand what racism even is, or sexism even is for that matter. If you want, you just lump all those bigotries together because they'll say things like, 
you'll see posts on Facebook where it's like someone criticizing a Candace Owens or, or this new this new judge, um, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, is that her name? Amy Coney um, Barrett. You're right. And be like, well, oh, let's let's see the left, you know, rally against a woman because they're they're just misogynistic as as we. I don't know what the argument is there, but because <laughs> they're the misogynists because they don't like a woman. Or they don't like they don't like the Hodge twins, so they don't like black people. Like that's not how that's not how this works. It's not how racism works. That's not that's right. not how misogyny works. Or or my favorite one is when you tell someone like a transphobe or a homophobe, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not scared of gay people." I'm like, "That's not what it means." <laughs> Just yes, but it has phobia in it, and I understand you think phobia means a fear, and, and yeah, there there that's somewhat true. But when you say someone's transphobic, that just doesn't mean like they're scared. They have an irrational fear of trans people. They just they but just it, have a bigotry towards trans people. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, you don't have a problem with that person, but do you will you allow them to get married? Will you allow them to go in the bathroom? You know? Yeah. Then that's that's where the racism comes in. They're like, I so I have a former coworker. I mean, I guess we still work at the same place. We're just not in the same office anymore. But like, I know physically like if he he can't stand the sight of two guys kissing but at the same time i don't think he's against letting them do what they're doing he just doesn't want to watch it just doesn't want to see it so, so is... like to me i'm like it's and, and it's also the culture he grew up in it's just like it was a thing that wasn't a th- you know you didn't do that but at the same time he's a good person like he doesn't have hatred towards people so it, it's almost the flip side it's like i'd rather you be you know, be a person that like, when you see it, you get a little turned off because it's not your thing, but at the same fine. time, but at the same time, like you don't care if they get like, fine, go get married. You do you, do you boo boo. I mean, if I saw two straight <laughs> people who, who aren't necessarily like, attractive to me, making out to, that, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that either, which is, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I get, I get that. That's, you know, yeah. and also too, that's, that's, that's a, that's a big cult, cultural thing. Like, especially we grew up in, in an era that was very, very homophobic and it was it was you know it was acceptable in the 80s as the song goes right like it was uh yeah it was just those like things you would never think about saying or doing now were just jokes and it was like acceptable and you don't realize like because nobody had a voice to be like this is wrong (laughs) man i think back to some of the jokes we used to tell as kids i'm like wow why didn't people stop us (laughs) I mean, the, I mean we, we, we segue into wrestling. Like, you, I could talk about the Attitude Era for forever. Oh my God, I tried rewatching some of that. Oh, it's so it's so problematic. I'm like, it's so problematic. Like, and it, I remember like it being a time like, like you know, they were they were they called like the, the Remnants Revolution of, of the time, where like you know, Lita and, and Trish Stratus were like the stars, and it's like. Yeah, at the same time we're having bra and panties matches. Just bra and panties matches. And, and, mu- and mud wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, we put women on TV. It was like, yeah, in yeah, a, but, not in a very good way. And, you know, I'm sure. You know, I, I, I know 18-year-old. And, like, I'm sure they're, you know, they, they, they did what they had to do to, 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 to make their money. And it's, it is what it is. And, and yeah, 18-year-old me was like, yeah, I'm oh all for God. this. But now, like, I look back at it and I'm like, Even, I wouldn't want my kids watching this. I mean, even the, like the stereotypical gay characters like that oh they would God. have, and oh, Chuck and um, <laughs> Billy and Chuck, Billy and Chuck. Yeah, it was just like it is. Yeah, let's close out on wrestling here, okay? Because <laughs> then I got because I gotta get ready for my next interview later on. 
Okay. I got to talk. To, I got to talk to some students later. Uh, um. Yeah, I. When you talk about the Attitude Era in WWE, it's just like I came in. Like I, I it's a funny way when I walk into a random person and like find out that oh you like wrestling rather than oh yeah, but the Attitude Era was the best. And I think to myself like, was it though? Was it the best? I mean, it was cool because it was a revolution. And there was a lot of cool things happening. But then when you stop and look at some like the you know puppies and and the the Braun Pains matches and the pillow fights and all that I think stuff, that's I'm why like, a lot of people still like that because they they miss that wrestling for adults ideology where it was like yeah, but we can have wrestling for adults without exploding women. Oh yeah, no no no, no. yeah yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that wasn't wrestling for adults. That was softcore porn for guys that can't get laid. Yeah, wrestling for adults. Touche. Touche. The Attitude Era was successful because of the people who were in the Attitude Era. Um, wrestling has always been successful when you have a star, right? And you had several stars. Wrestling in the 80s was huge because Hulk Hogan was a star. Right. He just, he just was a star. Like, I mean, you, he, had, you had Hogan, you had Macho Man warrior yeah yeah i'm talking about like but hogan was like the the think about think about just think about what hogan was able to do outside of pro wrestling he was in movies like those those other people maybe like the small exception of of piper was kind of out of wrestling by the time tv show yeah i mean piper was a piper was a pretty good actor actually um i mean but hogan had the tv show hogan 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 was a mainstream character right Right. everyone who knew who hogan was he was pop and that was pop culture and that was the 80s boom and that's what you need Think about the, the everyone know everybody knows who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Mm-hmm. Everyone now knows who The Rock is. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everyone your mom, my mom knows who The Rock is. Right. I mean, and my mom's never watched wrestling a day in her life. But most people you never know? watch wrestling too. Has watched Stone Cold because he, he's at least been able to transcend wrestling. Right. And that's where that's when wrestling has always been the most popular is when they have a when they have a star that they can put out who who appeals to. A large group of audience and that mm-hmm. and they had a little bit when cena was on at his peak right that's when rest, wrestling kind of bubbled there a little bit it didn't have the same success as it did in like the 80s and 90s as far as i'm concerned but, anyway. but cena was never i mean all right you know i've booed cena i've cheered cena cena's a good guy um and all around but you're right he never had that same he was never the rock no, nobody. Where, where where everyone was 100 percent like whether you he was heel or face you're like yeah the rock is just the rock and he's awesome it's like you know every time i'm at an event and cena's wrestling it's always let's go cena cena sucks let's go cena cena sucks the whole time well yeah that's because you guys wrestling fans are conditioned to, uh, <laughs> to uh, chant and cheer and it's just it's just a big manipulation to like get you guys to like cheer oh, yeah. and chant well, say, and- say, say what they want you to say and he but, said in interviews, is like, I don't care. You know, I, I don't mind being booed. I don't mind being cheered. As long as I'm getting a reaction, that's my job yeah, is to get the reaction. That's and that's, that's what I'm there for. hundred percent right about that. That's what wrestling is. It's a, it's a performance. So you, you, need, you need to get a reaction. Right? I, always say, I always say, like, if I was ever a wrestler, I want to be a heel because it's easier to get. It's so much so easier much. to get people to hate you than to like you. <laughs> so much easier. And if you have a good heel, like, it just makes your baby face look so much better just because but it is. You're right. It's just like it's F- so, FTR. It's, it's, so easy. Right. it's so easy to come out and just be like, "You guys suck." Oh, boo! <laughs> it's, like, right. it's my favorite. And you know, one of my favorite like tricks is like um, if you're like a heel manager, and like the crowd's starting to get quiet, and you just turn around to the crowd and you just say something like, "Yeah, you guys aren't cheering now for your guy," and they'll just start 
cheering for the guys. Like, oh yeah, we will watch, watch it. We'll show watch. you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do the opposite of what you said because you're the bad guy. It's great, and it's just, and it's been it's it's worked since you know since wrestling has been wrestling. You know, since since they had microphones in wrestling. Just, and, and when you have good heels that know their job and know their role, it works so well. Like when you have FTR that they're like, we are the guys that are going to put over the baby faces and make them look like the best people in the world because we are going to cheat our way to every single victory. Like, that's what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a good, good guy without a good, bad guy. You know, in, I, any, I, in, any, in, any, in any story, really, right? In any, but at the same any, time, like, media. on the other side, like, faces, like, because I'm watching AEW recently, and I'm like, you guys are the faces. You can't cheat. Don't, don't, oh. You cheated. <laughs> yeah, like it's, so diff- it's so different now. It's and, and and I say it's different now. If you go back and look at Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan cheated all the time. <laughs> but the idea was Hulk, was Hogan, Hulk Hogan was getting cheated, so he needed to cheat, right? To to get to get back or to make it even. Yeah. And, okay. And that, but that that was the, the kind of the justification with, with Hogan's cheating, but in the way Hogan like kind of worked his, his matches like that. But if you look back, like Hogan did like dirty moves all the time. <laughs> like he even got like eye rakes in. Like he had a big eye rake spot. I think. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. But eye rake, I, I feel like an eye rake is like it's kind of cheating. It's it's just like holding onto the ropes as, for five as seconds. A, as a referee, an eye rake. Yeah, is, it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's you don't. But it's not a DQ though. Well, no, because that would be a silly ending to a match. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, I, would like, I would like. I would like to try that once. Actually, it's this guy I rake. I just it's like DQ, DQ, ring the bell. We're, out. We're done with this. Right. What do you mean? What do you mean? That's how you get heel. That's how you get heat as a ref. <laughs> yeah, which you don't want. Which you don't ever want. That's. <laughs> it's not our. It's not our show. No, I don't know. That's one thing AEW. Well, I don't think AEW did it intentionally, but like their refs have gotten more attention than your regular WWE ref. Yeah. And there, like there's, a, there's a reason for that. And I don't, I don't want to dis- disparage anybody, um, <laughs> but they have, they have personality, which is good for them. It's, it's, that's not a bad thing to have personality, but I, for me, as your as, as a, as a referee, you don't, you don't want to be, to have a personality, right? You don't want to be known. You can kind of be known as like, Kind of like Hebner was known as like you know he was a he was a strict enforcer right that was right. that was just that was that was the extent of his character right he was just he was just the referee he was the guy who was like refereed all the big matches and he was the and that's you know but you look at the WWE now how many referees names do you know um, I don't know half of them got laid off so <laughs> like Kyoto Kyoto and Kyoto's gone right he's oh yeah I think Kyoto just got released. Well, yeah, you know was, what it is, is? He was on AEW a couple weeks ago, I think. They they got rid of everybody because they couldn't. Oh yeah, Kiki. Yeah, um, yeah, he's on AEW now. Well, and he was saying because I listened to the Jericho podcast that you know basically, you know, he was making too much money at that point. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> how you know, long's he been there? He's been oh, since since the late eighties, I think. So you know, basically, when you when you're doing layoffs and and not you know in reality, that's the right way. Hey, capitalist America, listen up. When you're going to do layoffs, lay off people at the top, you'll lay off less people. Instead of laying off the guy who just got married and bought a house, right. lay off the person who has been working for 20 years, has some savings, has the ability to get a new job because they have experience, and has a nest egg. You know, lay off one of, like, if you lay off two of those, you save 30 other jobs. 
Well, it's always the big, that's always that the big argument with like administration versus versus your regular employees. Yeah. Like you know, well, we're you not can, gonna go we're not gonna go there in that conversation. This conversation. Can, <laughs> <laughs> we finally got to wrestling. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. It's always going to come back to capitalism. You know? That's, that's, I know. That's, that's what you don't understand. It's always going to come back but, to, 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 to bashing capitalism because that's that's what I like to do best. <laughs> so, so you haven't watched any wrestling at all recently? I've watched very – no, I haven't really. Um, I try sometimes, and I just watch a little bit of it, and I'm like, all right. This is... You just can't do it without the crowds? The crowd Without the crowds, is, yeah, that's that's a big problem. But it's just – it doesn't – Nothing appeals to me anymore, to be honest with you. Like the, the characters don't like have the same appeal to me, and that's what that's why I loved about wrestling, right? And that's we go back to the Attitude Era. Like that was that was the great thing about the Attitude Era because there was just it was just characters, right? And right. you could watch you could watch a two hour Raw, and every match would be like two or three minutes, and usually end in a DQ. <laughs> like the matches <laughs> did no, they didn't matter at all. It was about the characters and the promos and the, and and, and and the interaction and then building the heat and now I just feel like it's just because number one, there's just I feel like there's a pay per view every every other week. Well, that's that's um, WWE's problem. Okay, let's have thirteen pay per views. Oh, well, it's not they're not pay per views anymore, are they? They're just they're just shows on the network now. Right. It's not, it's, so it's not not the same kind of. Um, well, now that the, now that we're in pandemic land, everything's shot in the same place, so it's not. Yeah, there's no there's no difference it. between. All right, it's Friday night and now it's Sunday night. Okay. <laughs> it, well, that's and. And that started to change too in the, in the, in the 90s. Cause I mean, growing up, we were like still the enhancement talent era where it was like, you just watch superstars at Saturday morning and it'd be like, you know, right. um, you know, your, your star versus some, some guy that, you know, who wrestled every day in, in, the, in the area that they found. <laughs> and, now, and now your enhancement is NXT, which is like better than your raw, which is. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, they're, it's definitely usually more athletic and like, naturally talented i don't know if they necessarily have that wrestling um i don't know it just seems wwe likes to shoot themselves in the foot a lot it's like they, they, <laughs> yes. they like to they like to build a star up and then and then get rid of them or hurt like what well, i think well i think part of this goes to and this is this is why i recently have been way more in AEW than wwe um like i for the last year i've religiously watched AEW every week except for maybe once um, where I've rarely watched WWE because like you said, the characters it's, you have, for, first of all, their rosters too big. They, they, because they basically buy up talent. So the talent can't go anywhere else. They and then three, they also have three shows and they have three shows and then raw is three hours long, which is insane. Um, it's just, it, it's as a fan, like that's an exhausting amount of time to watch TV and be oh, engaged the hours. entire time. Especially, yeah. Especially like a wrestling show. And then you have a six hour pay-per-view which is insane. Like we went to WrestleMania last year and I was, you know, you had the best women's title match ever out of WrestleMania. Well, <laughs> the only women's title match ever out of WrestleMania. Um, and I'm falling asleep because I've been there in the seat for th- since three o'clock. So I'm just like, and it's midnight now. And I'm like, I'm exhausted because I've been outside and I've eaten once and I've yeah. I haven't moved. So it's just like, yeah, you have a lot of stuff, but the problem is when you have too much stuff, you don't have enough time for it, and, and one thing takes away from something else. Like, you, you didn't have to have Triple H fight Batista in that WrestleMania. Had, that, that match was pointless, and if you were a fan in the audience, you didn't see anything because it was all this little stuff with pliers and crap that I couldn't see sitting in my seat way up in the rafters. Like, it was a boring match. No one paid attention to it in the stands. 
and well, that's and that's another thing that WWE has, doesn't really do anymore. They don't they don't do for the stands anymore. No, they do for the TV. It's all about for TV. the network. I mean, you, you you but I get it. You invest all this money into a network, and you need you need content for that network. <laughs> and uh, there's plenty of they have how many years of TV they want, content? They want new content. They always want new content. That's what, you know it's, what all, the, it's all about, new content. You know what I watch on the network? I go and find, like, some old documentary. I watch an old match. Like, that's what's interesting. Oh, I'd rather go. I usually go, because I, I still have the network. And I, but I'll use, I'll much rather go back and watch stuff from, like, the, the 80s and the 90s. Right. Especially, like, the old TV, that's put out the old TV shows up now, like the, the old superstar shows and the old uh, prime, uh, prime times. I think the last thing we watched on the network was the Undertaker documentary. Just because we like the Undertaker and we want to watch it. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's watch Last Ride. This is awesome. My wife and I watched it together. So that was cool. But, you know, contrast what WWE is doing. Like, and also they, they build these characters, but they don't really give, you know, the, their talent huge amounts of creative control these days. Like they're so scripted. They're, they're, they're told what to say when they go out there. They're told um, what their character is going to do. Everything's really planned out. They plan out their matches way too much um, versus AEW you know, there really, there is no script writer. And, and I'll, finish, I'll, I'll finish my thought first. So they, they, there is no script writer. So they're letting all the characters really define what they do. They're, they're letting them cut their own promos. Like I asked you yesterday, if you talk, work with Eddie Kingston, cause like I was just watching him cut a promo at that moment. Um, and even on like uh, the young bucks, YouTube channel, like they just, they walked with Eddie Kingston and they handed him a patch of sour patch kids. And they're like, cut a promo. And he just cut a p- promo on the spot about Sour Patch Kids. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's what he does. Eddie, Eddie's been doing this through, so, uh, for forever. <laughs> but, so, but that's what I mean. Like, and they, they just let them go out and they do stuff. Some of it hits, some of it misses. But that's, that's what, to me, I'm like, everything shouldn't hit all the time anyways. Like, you, you should mess up once in a while. You should fall on your face because you get better after that. And it's, and it's not, well, it's natural too, right? It's a little right. more natural. It's a little, you can connect a little bit more with somebody who's do you feel like they're saying their, their feelings instead of someone who's coming out and, and reading a script really angrily and like trying to try to act more than like more, right. it's more improv than it is acting. Whereas yeah, I guess the WWE now is considered like a little bit, little it's bit more, more it's, more, it's more, more, it's more, it's more, act, it's more acting and like directing, like as opposed yeah. to like, just here's a camera. So I think rattle off something for a minute. I think that, uh, you know, AEW, the one thing that I would advocate for is even if you don't want to write a, like a full script and have things scripted out, at least have like uh, a person who's in charge of like story arcs. You know, a person that's... There tra- is. I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories from them. I don't know how much of it. I mean, Tony Khan approves ideas, but I don't know if there's like, here's here's where we're going in three months. Here's where we're going in six months kind of thing. Like, I like to see that. I, I will say the recent story arc with um, Best Friends Against... Um. Uh, what's her call? Ortiz and Sanchez was pretty good, the way it ended. Because <laughs> Ortiz and since you haven't watched, I'll, I'll fill you in. Ortiz yeah. and Sanchez busted um the minivan windows of uh I can't think of his name now. Oh my god. Um. It's it's Chuck Taylor and and I can't think of his name. I'm a bad wrestling fan all of a sudden. The other guy in Best Friends, not Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent. Yeah, Trent's mom. Oh, I wish yeah. I should have known that. Yeah, you know, they, they, they busted up the minivan, so they, they had a uh, parking lot brawl to, to end it, and they, you know, they, so they beat each other up, and they, they clearly, like, you know, I'm also 
being a, a TV and theater guy, I'm like, I'm looking for the staging that they set up for this. Cause I'm like, you can't just have guys go beat up each other on brand new cars. Cause that's stupid and expensive and also dangerous. You remember, you remember wrestlers. <laughs> well, but, you, but there's clearly two cars that they just bought off a used car lot. Which, which were the cars that they destroyed and they had a pickup truck that had like plywood in it for everything. It was part, it was part of the ring truck. <laughs> so, well, they, they haven't moved the ring in months. What are you talking about? <laughs> They've been doing that daily. Yeah, extra, extra ring truck. So, but you know, they, they did spots. They destroyed the windshield and the roofs and you know, it was definitely on the stuff, but, um, but it was, it was, you know, it was a good end to the storyline, but it was a short storyline. You had orange Cassidy come out of a trunk at the end with a, with his, uh, fist in a chain and like punch the guy out <laughs> did he do it all lazy looking like no the, he uh he's, know, a, he, he's a little less lazy now uh that's sad he was my favorite gimmick for a while i would just like to watch his matches because he'd be like that and somebody said he looked like me once and I, thought, I was like <laughs> it was before i even knew who he was i was at a i was doing a show i was doing a meet and greet working with somebody and uh they came up to me and was like Are you orange cassidy <laughs> and i was like who and then like Literally, like, two okay. weeks later, like, he blew up on a, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. I he love just, his stuff. Well, it's just, he, 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 I, I forget where I heard it. It was an interview with him I saw. He's like, you know, and he showed clips of him, like, before he brought that gimmick on. He was just, like, a regular guy. He's like, yeah, I looked like everybody else. Like, I wasn't going to get anywhere. You know, same biasite, same size as everybody else, same gimmick. So, I was like, I'm just going to create this new character, and, like, I'm going to be sloth style. My My whole idea is, like, the, the his idea is the his job is wrestling but he doesn't like his job you know it's like you're you're your regular guy you have to go work at the office you have to go work in the factory you don't necessarily like doing it all the time but you're good at doing it right so, so he, i'm just gonna go uh, i'm gonna he's gonna do his job it's a it's a it was a, it was a great it was a great idea it was a way to get noticed definitely but, I mean, but if you mess so with right. his friends he then he fit, kicks your ass like, you know what i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna so, fire myself so, up so he beat Jericho and hold on one second. Yeah, what is that? What is all that crap? There's a truck outside. Yeah. Are those Argyle? Are you make sure it wasn't an ambulance or anything? <laughs> are you rocking Argyle socks? It was an oil, it was just an oil it was just an oil truck. Are those Argyle socks you're rocking out? No. No. Oh. They are Nintendo socks. Oh Nintendo nice. Hold on. I will I will model. Sweet. Yeah, they're my uh, Nintendo socks to go with my Donkey Kong shirt. I see. For my, yeah. for my workout after after we get off this. Nice. Well, I think it's about time to work out because I have to take a break before I have to meet with a student at eleven o'clock. All right. It's a busy day for me on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what everyone's doing now, right? Zooming. This is how. This is the life of the world. Yeah. Um, well, like, uh, yeah, I've been unemployed since March, so I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna try this like social media thing out for a little bit, and I'm trying to make trying to make some YouTube videos. I don't know if you checked out so my. I started watching the first one. I didn't watch the second one yet. Yeah, the second one's a little short. Because your first one's about community, and I love community. We could next time we gotta talk. Yeah, about okay. What are, you, fine. what are you doing this? We doing this Monday? You wanna do this Monday? Uh, well, I got no. I don't know if I can do it again on Monday. Okay, maybe next Friday. Though. We'll figure this out. Yeah, maybe next time we should stick to one topic for the entire hour. <laughs> I don't know if we could do that. But, well, um, at least start with the topic. I, yeah. I, then we'll start calling about capitalism again. So. Yeah, well, it's always going to go back. 
and I'll get, it's always going to go back to capitalism. Just remember that. It's always going to go back to capitalism. And that, well, that, mean, should be, that should be the name of the podcast. It's always going to go back to capitalism. Well, so I'll, I'll leave on this then. The purpose of every single TV show out there is to sell the commercials. 100%. So every TV show is about capitalism because they only exist to sell you commercials. Or, or now a, a streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Or at least, exactly. at least they, now they're just selling direct. They're like, you know what? Here, well, here's the money. Take the and money. And people are loving it because people are like, oh, I can watch TV without commercials. This is even better. Give me my money. I haven't, okay. I, I, I got too many topics coming up in my head about All right, write them, write, write, oh them, write them down for next week. Um, Seriously. Shit. <laughs> come, up, come up with a name for this podcast so we can start yeah. plugging it. During the oh, that's what, we need, that's what we need to work about. We got to come up with a name for this. I'm going to start yeah. editing it. I'm not going to release it yet until we have a name. That's a good idea. Yeah, because we need to just leave this part in though, because this this is good brain. Oh, brain I'm story. leaving everything in. I um yeah, because editing's hard. Just, like I know you know that. I, I can do it. I just don't want to. I, it's because it's hard. It's bloody like that community damn thing. Like that video that took me so like and I didn't think it was gonna be that hard. Like I'm just like I'm editing random clips into a video, and then I realized I have to edit like a bunch of five second clips. From a 20, it was, and it was an extended episode, so I got 25 minutes out of it. But then I, I felt like I was just doing the same clips over and over again, because you don't realize, like, in that 25 minutes, there's really not a lot of scenes that look different. <laughs> nope, there isn't, because they have three different locations on the set. Yeah. I mean, especially the pilot. The pilot was, like, filmed for probably was, next to nothing. They had yeah, to save all were... that money for the paintball episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Pause. We'll talk about paintball talk, later. Talk about paintball. Because yeah, well, let's talk about right, community need, next time. Yeah, you need to go do work. Because um, I love community. It's one of my favorite shows. You could just do a whole podcast on community. We we're gonna community podcast. Oh yeah, we're gonna start just wa- doing like, um, watch-alongs. <laughs> I do like. I do. I, I. I did. I started a Discord, and I haven't done anything with that yet because I don't know what I'm doing. But I named myself <laughs> the, the oldest millennial. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I. That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm. I'm the oldest millennial. So that's yeah. it. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more, I feel like more of a Xennial. Well, yeah, but I didn't think anyone would really know that. Cause I tried to, I, we were at a camping trip and I tried to bring that up and everyone was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And, I was the, like, I tried, Zen- and I tried to explain it and no one got it. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to call myself the oldest. The, the oh, we oldest could, I mean, that could be a, the oldest millennial. We should, well, the millennial, is there a millennial podcast? I don't know. We should look it up. Like, look, look yeah. the, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the Googles. All right. Um, you, you do that. Um, the, this is and I think that's what we gotta do too. Is we gotta, we gotta, I gotta like preload some clips. So I don't know. So I don't know. It's like an X. Zen, like X, Z, X, N, X, N, X, N, E, L, I can't type either. I can't spell, so nobody can spell. I failed spelling in elementary school. All right, Zillennials. Zennials. There's a there's a Wikipedia for Zillennials. See the. Paste podcast. There's Zillennials podcast. Oh man. Best wait, best oh no no no. It's just Zillennial Mom podcast. That's well, that's not us. <laughs> All right, we no, got there is there is they just call themselves the Zillennials. Oh well we can we can work we around that. Time. Yeah, we the uh, yeah, um, I do like that's a good that's a good that's a good angle though. This is millennials. Because we're, we're right at that cusp Cause, of like because we're millennials. Yes, you're, we, you're just turned forty, didn't you? Just um, oh no, in eight in nine days. Oh, you're gonna so you're oh you're you're the young you're the young buck. Yeah, I'm the. 
You're the young buck. Uh, back to wrestling. <laughs> I've worked with them. We can talk about them. They're, they're, I like those guys. All right. Well, we're going to save all these topics for next time. Um, Potentially okay. calling this the Zillennial podcast, yeah. possibly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Thanks for thanks for thanks for having us. <laughs> where where are we gonna post this? Where are you gonna post this thing? Thanks for listening to this, the pilot episode of Gen Zen, the Generation Zillennial podcast. Vinny and I came up with that this morning when we were chatting on the Facebooks. Uh, so Gen Zen, uh, if, if you're a fan of the attitude area of wrestling, Degeneration X should come to mind to you because that's exactly what came to my my mind when he suggested just shortening it to Gen Zen. I was like, Generations is on, yeah, Degeneration X, it's the same thing. Um, perfectly fix us for being wrestling fans and people born in that time period. So thanks for listening. Uh, we were going to have this, we plan on doing this every week uh, as long as time allows. So check out for us. We're going to be on the Spotify's and the iTunes and the Googles. It'll be distributed on all platforms. Links coming in the future, I promise. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.